down. Here's Kevin Ploiecki. Two ground outs. Here it comes. Swung on. Hit high. Hit deep to left. It is gone. A majestic towering blast to the porch and left. Kevin Ploiecki's second home run as an Indian. Indian seven. Yankees two. So it's left to Frazier to try and get the run in with two out. Out of the three-run homer in the first inning. And it gets a curveball here, flies one toward the left field corner. Tapia on the run, and that ball lands fair right at the base of the wall. Rosario is in. Frazier pulls in at second base. His fourth RBI of the day, and it's 5-0 New York. And Krejci will move into the attacking zone again. Carson Kuhlman with a shot, scores! Post and in for Carson Kuhlman. And it's a 3-0 lead for the Boston Bruins. Ibaka trying to stay with Durant. Knocks it away and Durant's limping. Durant goes down holding his leg. Ibaka goes up and is fouled down the other end. And Durant grabbing that right leg. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. And welcome back to another episode of the Tri-State Sports Beat here on Anchor FM. Scott, Nick, and Joe with you on this wonderful Tuesday evening. How are you guys doing? It's weird for a Tuesday. Awesome. It's all good. Yeah, well, not not the usual recording day, but, no. you know, we're back. Um, I had some obligations on a Monday, but... On a Monday, now we're on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. <laughs> all right, we're going to uh, kick off tonight's show with uh, a little bit of Yankees and Mets talk. Uh, we're going to start off with the Yankees, who... Finished up a three-game series in Cleveland. Um, second straight series loss. What's the old land of Cleve. Yep. Um, lost four out of six uh, on the road trip. And Two the, out of three against Cleveland. Yep. Um, they kicked off game one. Herman, um, all, all right outing, I guess. It's kind of been his you know, normal thing as of late six innings, six hits, four runs, six strikeouts, and two home runs after the game. Or a day later, he went on the 10-day IL with a hip flexor strain. So maybe that um, was contributing to some of his uh, struggles the past couple weeks. Obviously, he, people are saying that he's fatiguing a little bit just because he's never pitched this much in a uh, like a major league season mm-hmm. so far, and he's literally carrying a staff at the moment. Um but he will be on the 10-day IL, miss a start or two. Um, yeah, not much uh, great in this game. Um, the Indians kind of had it, um, had the game after the third inning, uh, Clint Frazier RBI double in the second, and then an Aaron Hicks solo home run in the third, and that was it for the Yankee scoring. Um, yeah, so a 5-2 loss in game one. Um, and then game two, CC Zabathia, probably his last start ever in Cleveland as he played with the Indians for about eight or nine seasons to kick off his career. Um, uh, another all right outing, I guess, five innings pitch, seven hits, four runs, five strikeouts. Did give up a home run. Um, Didi, this is the game that Didi came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and his first at bat hits a double down the line. Well, a single, which he tried to stretch to a double and got thrown out to second. Was it this game or the game one? Uh, oh, it was game one. It yeah, was game one. Then he hit, he hit his first home run of the year. Two yep, run home mm-hmm. off of yeah. So it was game one. Then first. he came back. Um, 
And then Yankees route to a two nothing lead after Didi's home run. And then Jose Ramirez hits a sack fly. Perez hits a two uh, an RBI double. So we're tied at two in the fourth inning. And then it was really all Indians from there. Mendoza hits a two-run homer off of CC in the fifth. Perez hits a two-run homer off of Holder in the sixth. And then Ploiecki hits a solo homer off of Holder as well. Freaking Kevin Ploiecki. Yeah, right? Who would have who thought? And then the Yankees get some more runs back. Torres gets the RBI double. And then Yershela gets the sack fly RBI to make it 7-4. to four. And then Ploiecki, again, hits a sack fly in the eighth. So the Yankees lost that one 8-4. to four. At that point, you're thinking, let's just not get swept at this point. So... Game three, they came out and won seven to six in ten innings. What did I spell wrong this no, time? Just the way you wrote on here, it says Tanaka, excuse from start, had a baby. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. His wife had a baby. He, he himself did not have a baby. He helped in the process of making the baby. It is, it is his child. Continue. It is his child. Are you trying to say it's not? Get back to sports. All right. Well, um, <laughs> well, this uh, this game was a roller coaster for the Yanks. Seven uh, six win in ten innings. The Yankees had Chad Green start as their opener. He went two innings. Uh, yep, only gave up, <laughs> gave up one hit and no runs. So a good two innings from uh, Chad Green. Nestor Cortez Jr. comes in, gives three scoreless innings. You know he's been pretty Apparently good for the Yankees. Yeah, he's been pretty good. I mean his ERA is right around a four or a mid three to a four. So, you know, for a guy who usually pitches in those opener days, mm-hmm. he he's done a great job. Um, but then uh, it starts coming off the rails for the Tommy bullpen. Tommy Canely, one inning pitch, four hits, four runs, and two homers. Then Ottavino uh, gave up the big one um, that uh, – was it Ottavino or was it – I think it was Canely. Oh, uh, it was Chapman that gave up the, okay. the run in the ninth, but – uh, Ottavino did give up that Jake Bowers solo home run to tie the game at five five after the Yankees were ahead five nothing. Um, it was just you kinda... really can't bash. Uh, we're not gonna sit here and bash Tommy Canley though. He's he's been one of their best relievers the whole year. Yeah. So I mean... and then you know Chapman's blown save was really because Didi botched that ball at right. shortstop. I mean it would have been a tough play either way. And the worst and the worst part is he came, he wasn't he didn't start the game. Yeah, he came in for he delivery. Came in for, he came in for defensive purposes. Yeah. yeah. Hello, here we um, but the Yankees do battle back in the tenth. Aaron Hicks gets an RBI double, double off of Oliver Perez in the tenth, and um, Stephen Tarpley came in for a save. Looked great in his wonderful. Um, wow, <laughs> looked great in his uh, one inning of work. Rough start today. Um, but do we think that this bullpen is just getting tired? Is that why they're struggling so much Absolutely. lately? And it doesn't help either that Herman is down. Batanzas now has a setback, which yep. we'll get into in a bit. Uh, yeah, they're really tired. And they've been carrying them this whole way. So, I mean, yeah. you can't really expect them to be perfect the whole time. But the starting, getting, pi- starting pitch- the starting pitching needs to be a little bit better. They're getting absolutely no length from starting pitching at no, all. You see tonight, to. too, in this uh, doubleheader nightcap, Paxton uh, just went three innings and gave up six runs. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, not what you're looking for from the starting pitching, and then obviously not getting Dallas Keuchel. People are starting to have concerns about how early Brian Cashman is going to have to make a move. Um, I I think that you know, yes, the Yankee offense is really you know carrying them, and John Carlos playing tonight in single A. They said Aaron Judge and John Carlo could be playing triple A games by the weekend and be back for the next homestand. Awesome. So that offense could be bolstered even more. But I mean, if they keep giving up a crap ton of runs. 
it's going to make you know their lives a lot harder to win these games, especially against the Mets tonight, who they're down six nothing to in the Subway Series. Yeah, but I mean, give credit to Jason Vargas through. Right. He's been pitching fantastic over his last you know eight or nine starts. Mm-hmm. He has like a one point eight nine ERA. Yep. Um, but going back to this Cleveland series a little bit, um, Didi did make an impact. Oh yeah, coming uh, coming his first series off the IL. Uh, had that double in game one. Hit a two run homer in game two. I feel like his presence is now known in the lineup. He's been here for one series, but people forget that he's a tough batter to get out. Yeah, he gets really good at bats. Yeah. Um, but then we want to just go over this Mets-Yankees game from earlier today as last night got rained out. Um, the Yankees picked up the win 12-5, to uh, offensive explosion, especially in that fourth inning, scoring five runs. Uh, Tanaka goes six and two-thirds. Four earned, seven strikeouts. Um, the home run ball really hurt Tanaka uh, as uh, well, it didn't really hurt him, but you know, gave up three of his uh, three of his four runs, uh, his earned runs off a McNeil home run in the mm-hmm. third inning. Um, but then Wheeler, Zach Wheeler, four and two thirds, five earned, six strikeouts, one walk. Absolutely imploded. Yeah, I, imploded. I thought the Yankees were going to, you know, struggle a little bit with him. Um, and then, you know, Vargas has been giving them a good outing mm-hmm. uh, so far through two plus innings. Right. But um, I don't know. The Yankees are currently down six nothing. So um, it's going to be a tough, tough uphill battle for the Yanks. But they are in the only are in the third inning. So they could bounce back. But uh, yeah, uh, Gio Urshela hit the ball fantastic in the first uh, the first game of the doubleheader. Voight added another home run. Gary hit his 20th home run of the season in the eighth inning. Um, just an all-around really good day from the Yankee offense. Um, yeah, and it was very good that the uh, very good that, that Tanaka gave them some length, so they yeah. didn't have they to, you know, yeah, especially after who knows, Paxton just imploded yeah. tonight. Who knows? They may have to start using it now as they go into the fourth inning. They're on the bottom of the third right now, but. Um, Going back to the Cleveland series for a minute, Hicks looked really good midseason. He looks like he's in midseason form right now, mm-hmm. which is really something that the Yankees really need right now, which is amazing, considering, you know, Judge and Stanton could be coming back real soon. Um, and we said that the bullpen is it really a little bit under uh, – a little less than average right now. I think that's mainly because they're tired. Right. They're, having, yeah. they're having to grind through some of these really tough innings in mm-hmm. every single game. Right. Um, so as we speak right now, the Yankees and Mets are playing right now in the second game of the doubleheader. Um, after this, the Yankees will have a four-game series at at the Chicago White Sox and then three games against the Rays at the stadium. So, I mean, from what it looks like right now, you split with the Mets, right? You split with the Mets in the first half of the Subway Series. Won't see them until, I believe, you won't see them until July. July 2nd and 3rd. 2nd and 3rd when City they Field. go to City Field. So, um it's just cool to see the Yankees and Mets play together because we're basically just covering two games this week. So it's kind of a break for us, too. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so a little bit concerned about the Yankee bullpen going forward, but the news about Judge and Stan is good. The Batanzas thing, let's talk about that for a minute. The setback, it was a... Latch strain. Yeah, 
He was scheduled to throw a bullpen session, but could not. He aggravated the shoulder pain, and he's officially now shut down for a couple of weeks. There's not an exact number to it. Yeah, I don't know. This is the same thing that happened with Severino, too. So I don't know if this is something that's in the Yankee. But Sevy, I heard today that Sevy was throwing from the in the outfield grass today. I don't know what that really means. but uh-huh. Yeah, I just don't know if, like, this is a Yankee training staff problem or – uh, like their doctors are rehab. Like, I don't know what it is, but this is the second pitcher that it's happened to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think they have to, you know, start getting to the bottom of this because how many, that's the third setback already between Severino, Batances and John Carlo. Mm-hmm. Like what? I don't think setbacks should be happening this frequently. No, it shouldn't be a little way too much for the Yankees. So especially when John Carlo, like, you know, he went out with that bicep and then, Oh, it was a shoulder injury after that. Like what's going on? It's, I don't know. Maybe they're just not taking the right steps. Maybe they're trying to rush these guys, which they, I mean, it doesn't seem rushed because these these guys have been out for months. So I don't know what the deal is. So let's move on to the other team in town. Let's move on to the Mets. Um, They had a series against the Rockies in city at city field. They lost game one, five to one with Jacob deGrom on the Hill. It seems to be a normal thing. Now the Mets, Get a decent outing out of they get they get a really good outing out of Degrom six innings six hits two runs ten strikeouts and they still refuse to win the ball game. It's like last year. Yeah, exactly like last year. But the ERA is a this time for Degrom. But but this time like the uh, well if the offense still didn't give them any production. He would have lost anyway. They only scored one run. Yeah. But the bullpen is like blowing it. Right. Um, Kesselman threw a scoreless, had a scoreless inning, and then Drew Gagno comes in, pitches two thirds of an inning, allows three hits and three runs, two two of those home runs. Um, Wilmer Font and Santiago come in and throw scoreless innings, but I don't know, just the same old freaking story with this Mets bullpen. Yep. Um, Colorado got out to a two to nothing lead before Conforto hits a solo homer, his twelfth of the year in the sixth. Um, David Deal for the Rockies hit a two-run homer in the eighth to make it. David Dahl. David Deal was a alignment on the Giants. I didn't say Deal, did I? Yeah, you did. I did. Close enough. <laughs> David Dahl now playing baseball. <laughs> um, and then Daniel Murphy hits a solo homer off of Gagno, and they lose five to one. A little bit of a punch in the mouth for the Mets, and you see Daniel Murphy hit a home run, even though you're down by four runs anyway. Still kind of a punch in the mouth, but hey, he always kills the Mets, always, no matter what. Always. Um, so game two, hey Joe, want to join this conversation? Sure, yeah, if do, you want me to. Then do game two, we'll see how many names you can get right today. Oh, are they hard? Are it's they hard the ones? name game. Right. Right. It's the name. You should be all right. Game two against the Rockies. Mets come out with a win, uh, win 5-3. Matt started out pitching six innings, six hits, three runs, ten strikeouts. Lugo, two scoreless innings. Diaz had his 14th save of the season. Um... Gomez started out with two-run home run, second of the season, off of Gray in the second. Uh, put the the Mets out to a 2-0 lead. Um, then for Colorado, Blackman hits an RBI single off of Mats in the third um, and scores Walters. Uh, and then... We're doing good so far. Arlotto. Oh, Nolan. Wait, Nolan. Nolan. 
Aronado. No one Aronado. Pronunciation. I gotta remember. Learn the name. He's a very good player. <laughs> I know he is. I, that's he, why I was he like, was wait, my Nolan. first pick in fantasy baseball. All right, all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, he hits an RBI single off of Matt's, uh, tying the game two two. Then Frazier comes in for the Mets, uh, hits an RBI single off of Gray, uh, puts the Mets back up on up back on top three to two. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rewind reset. <laughs> Back to Colorado, <laughs> Walters hits a RBI single off of Matt's um, in the fourth, scoring Rodgers to tie the game again, 3-3. Rosario grounds in, um, grounds it in in the sixth to score Ramos. And then Alonzo solo home runs for his 21st of the season in the seventh to give the Mets a 5-3 win. Good job, Joe. That was very good, Joe. Nolan Air Nolan. How did you say it? Nolan and Nolan. He said Arlotto. And I'm like, where'd you get the L from? (laughs) (laughs) All right, game three. Big nah. Huge game three. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard finally gives the Mets a very quality start, going seven innings, one hit, no runs, and seven strikeouts, leading the Mets to a 6 1 victory. Uh, Jairus Familia comes in, throws a scoreless inning. You heard that right. and then Hector Santiago. Yep, gives a uh, gives one inning, one hit, one run. Um, but the uh, the offense, um, you know, alive and well. The the RBIs they hit for the cycle. If you want to count that, a three run home run for Todd Frazier, an RBI single for Carlos Gomez, an RBI double for Todd Frazier, and then an RBI triple for JD Davis. Um, Todd Frazier, great game. Um, four RBIs in the in the game. Uh, and then Colorado got their lone run in the ninth inning. David Dahl hit an RBI double um, to score Charlie Blackman, but the Mets pick up the victory six to one. So the Mets win four of six on their homestand. Um, starting pitching, you know, especially in this Rocky series, gave them quality starts. Um, and then the bullpen, you know, w- was was pretty decent, other than uh, game one that Drew Gagne gave up those three runs. Um, Todd Frazier starting to, you know, come alive a little bit, giving the Mets some quality at bats and some very timely hitting. Uh, Robbie Cano uh, goes on the aisle. Robbie, literally, Robbie Cano goes on the aisle again with the, with that quad injury that he uh, that he hurt uh, last week against the Giants. Uh, um, so, who's the Mets team MVP right now? It's got to be Jeff McNeil or Pete Alonzo. Um, that's a pretty decent one, too. Matt's been giving him good, good um, outing. Honestly? Jason Vargas? That's what I was going to say. you got to consider Vargas. Uh, I mean, other for, than, for the whole season. Yeah, but other than his first two starts, like he's giving the Mets quality outings every single start. I'm going to go with... i got to go with Pete Alonzo. Just because he, this guy's going to break a rookie record, I think, this year yeah. for home runs. And already has 22 home runs I think he's going to break Dow Strawberry's uh, rookie record for the Mets. And he just ignites this lineup. Like, Jeff McNeil is an all like probably their all-around best player. But Pete Alonzo is the power. And pitchers around the league are figuring out that this guy's hard to get out, and he's scary. Oh, no, Robert Gazelman is coming in. Yankees. Not coming in. He's getting ready. 
He's going to come in. Because Vargas currently has the bases loaded in the bottom of the third. One run is already in, and there's no outs. So um, Typical Jason Vargas. No, you can't. I feel <laughs> you can't say that anymore. I know, I know. Vintage Jason Vargas. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, like, still, it's unbelievable to believe that in 2017, he was tied for the Major League lead for, with 18 victories. That's pretty astonishing. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to believe. With Kansas City, he did it. And then he came to the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the Mets, well, they, they're currently playing game two of the Subway Series, and then they have a four-game set versus the Cardinals, and they head to the Braves for an NL East showdown. Beat it out, Clint. All right, that's fine. I'll take it. One run in. That's fine. Good Luke. Good Luke. Louis Voigt. Louis Voigt. Friend um, of the show. So <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, so... As things look right now, Yankees and Mets will both split the Subway Series. Then the Mets go against the Cardinals, a four-game set. I think if the Mets can at least take two two out of the four against the Cardinals, I think they'll be in pretty decent shape. And then I think it sets up a huge three-game series with the Braves. I think right now, check the National League standings for me. Uh, the Phillies are still on top right now. Yeah, and Phillies and Braves are Braves. tied at, to- at the top, okay. and the Mets are five back in both the uh, NL East and the wild card. But hey, um, I'm going to go back on my word a little bit. The Mets, if they can, if the starting pitching can keep going deep into games and just keep the bullpen off they the mound, keep the bullpen in the bullpen. Right. They may stay afloat here. I don't have any doubts about the offense slowing. Like the offense will slow down, yes, but it's still going to be productive be consistently and yeah, and productive. They got awesome talent in this lineup, and people want to criticize the older guys like Cano and Ramos, but you need that balance of young guys and veterans. That's just my belief. Mm-hmm. I know Cano's on the IL and Wilson Ramos isn't doing too much, but. If Todd Frazier can keep it, keep going for a little bit and yeah, give them quality at bats, that'll be he, huge. He's shutting up Mets fans right now. Mets fans are like, "Oh, why do we need to play Todd Frazier? He's hitting home runs almost every other every other game." Yeah, mm-hmm. is what it seems like right now. And a stat I heard with the series against the Rockies that the Mets hit sixteen home sixteen games with at least one home run in sixteen straight home games. So that's pretty cool. I think that's actually oh. a franchise record. Believe it or not. But that's our baseball right now. Uh, we'll wrap up the Subway Series, I guess. Yeah, Joe can finally now get in the conversation because, hello, here we go. Um, we'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about the NBA Finals and how I knew the whole time the Warriors were coming back down six. They're not coming back. No, they're not, they're not coming back. They came back oh, in line, last night's game. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about Stanley Cup Finals and um, – I guess we'll talk about the. You want to talk about more about Kyrie Scott, or do you not really? I don't know. I feel like there's not really like much to, you know, talk about right now. It's we got some it's Jets all and stuff. Yeah, it's all around the KD. Like, what is KD going to do now? Because yeah. there was a report. Um, well, there was a report that Kyrie flew out to the the Bay Area to talk to KD to try and recruit him to Brooklyn before the injury. So, but. Maybe we'll get into that a little later. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We got other stuff to talk about, too, as we end today's show. We will be right back. You're listening to Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. Let's talk about the NBA Finals and Stanley Cup. Um, game four, we don't have to go over. Game five, 
it's obvious KD was not ready to play in this game. That's a huge headline going into this one. Um, Warriors win 106-105. They were down six with, um, what was it? it was with a couple minutes to go. Raptors were up six with three minutes left. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nurse calls a timeout, which kind of gives the momentum back to the Warriors. Yeah. Curry hits a big three. Clay hits a big three to tie the game. And the Warriors took it from there, pretty much. I was very confident, even up six with that much time left, that the Raptors were not going to win this game. Yeah, but if you if you look at it, the Warriors shot um, 20. They made 23 pointers, which is the second most all time in a finals game, only behind Cleveland when they shot 24 against the Warriors back when they only won one game in that final series against mm-hmm. the Warriors. Um, the Raptors only made eight three pointers. And the Raptors, who were shooting 90% from the free throw line, mm-hmm. they only shot 78% from the free throw line in this game. So they played like crap. And Kawhi really didn't give them much until like no. that la- that last spurt in the yeah, fourth quarter. That, yeah, besides that surge, I put them up six. He was really... Yeah, Pascal Siakam did not play well. So if you're Nick Nurse, you have to tell your players, like, you know, we played, we did not play well at all. We lost by one point, and... We should have won. They shot, yeah, yeah, and they shot 20, uh, they hit 23s. And, you know, we weren't as efficient from the free throw line as we have been. Mm-hmm. They're in a very good spot. And they've, you know, dominated the Warriors in Oracle. Yeah. Here's the thing, too. When KD was in the game, it was completely different. It was It's a completely different game. Mm-hmm. If KD was playing this whole series, I'm sorry, the series would be over. Oh, yeah. I think so, it'd too. Be, it'd be absolutely finito. But KD plays 12 minutes. And I don't, do we really, do we know if it's a, it's definitely an Achilles. But do we know the severity of the? Achilles no, they injury? don't. I don't think it came out yet. He got an MRI today. It's just so obvious that he was just not ready to play. Yep. And and I understand he wants you know he wants to be the hero. You know the team is down three one. He comes in and gives them a surge. But I guess he kind of did that exactly because the Warriors really played behind behind him. You know the fact that he got hurt, and I think they were a little inspired. I would definitely say so. Yeah. But Boogie Cousins gave him some great minutes too. Yeah. Even though he almost, you know, cost him, him Draymond, the game. Him, yeah, that that and Draymond had five fouls. And yeah. I think if he gets another tech he got a technical. If he gets another technical in game six, he he will miss game seven if the Warriors win. Yeah. Um, but you know, Boogie Cousins commits that offensive foul, which is a very yeah. clear offensive foul with fifteen seconds left. You give the Raptors the ball back up one. That's a terrible play. And I understand Kawhi was being doubled by two guys with the, in the last possession for the Raptors, but to give Kyle Lowry the last shot as a like, like you don't need to take a three, and that's the big thing with the Raptors in this series. They took so many; they have taken so many unnecessary three pointers in this series. It is almost ridiculous. Yesterday, I saw the same thing. Last night, I saw the same thing. Kawhi took unnecessary three pointers when they were up. Like you're up six, you don't need you don't need to keep shooting from the line. It's you just don't need to do that. Take efficient shots, you will win the bowl game. If they did that, who knows? They might they might have won this game and we could be talking about the NBA offseason right now. Yep. I don't know. But what we'll, do we what do we think going into game six? Uh, I think Toronto, you know, they have the, they I still think, have they still have an edge. I think they're gonna play much better than what they did. Kawhi I I feel like they're gonna, you know, adjust a little bit to give Kawhi more more like space to play with even if he's going to get doubled every time i mean you're going to need other players to step up right you're gonna um, need a better game from siakam 
You're going to need, you know, Kyle Lowry to bounce back a little bit. Kyle Lowry, you know, everyone used to think he was a superstar in this league, and maybe it is Kawhi and how much of, like, a ball... Uh, I, won't, I don't want to say ball hog, but he's a very ball-controlling player. Well, think about it. Who else is going to score that bas- the basketball consistently for that team? Yeah. I mean, you need you need some more points from Pascal Siakam. Um, Marcus All needs, I think, to have a big game. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, if they can shut down Boogie and, you know, the both the games that the Warriors have won in this series, Boogie Cousins has played a very big factor. In. Right. And almost for the wrong reason. Yeah. Last night. Um, let's. So game six will be thir- on Thursday in Oracle. I last get, game ever in Oracle Arena. I, yeah. I give the Warriors an edge a little bit because of that. But I just think you beat Toronto in their own building. At their best, even when you're playing, you know, KD tried to play, you know, it ended up not working in his favor. I think they're going to ride that momentum. They're going to ride, you know, playing for KD. Yeah. And I think the Warriors can take – I think the series goes seven. I don't know who's going to win game seven. I think the war. I think the Warriors win game six and we go back to Toronto. Do you think they got a little amped up after KD got hurt and the Raptors fans started yeah, like, that's, yeah, let's, chanting them off? Yeah, I don't – See, or do you I, think that really didn't play too much of a factor? No, I think their injury they played inspired from it. I think Evan Roberts brought up a good point on on FAN today. Um, that when you're at a live sporting event, you're you're cheering and like you don't know, you don't have a sense of like what's going on. Like you're you kind of feel like you're just in the zone. You're cheering, and uh-huh. it is what it is. So he kind of feels that's what the Raptors fans were doing, but after like thirty seconds. And you realize that Katie's hurt, and you're still they cheering, should, and that's yeah. kind of BS. Because I, I saw a second video that didn't come out until earlier, to, like a little earlier today, right. and it was actually the Raptors crowd cheering for Katie. Yeah, that not was when he was headed again. to the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it was it was classy def- by it was classy yeah. by the Raptors to say, hey, you know, calm down. We don't cheer for yeah, this. like Kyle Lowry was trying to you know get the uh, the fans to stop because whatever your opinion on Kevin Durant is. Nobody wishes for that. As much as no. we hate the Patriots and Tom Brady, we never want to see Tom Brady get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you, you, you never want to like wish injuries or yeah. that kind of stuff. But the big headline was, of course, Katie's injury and Nick Nurse's timeout. How does let's talk about how Katie's injury affects the rest of the finals and free agency. Uh the rest of the finals, I think it gives the Raptors an edge, but it also could loosen up the Warriors. You know, they're not going to have to keep answering the questions of is Katie ready to play now? When is he going to come back? Is he going to come back in the series? It's a done deal. He's, he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that could, you know, take a little bit of a burden off the Warriors knowing that, you know, he's done. We don't have him anymore uh, because there was a lot of reports saying that, you know, the Warriors and the players and, you know, like the, the front office were kind of like, what's going on here. They were a little, wary of like the whole situation and what Katie was up to um, with the injury. So um, I think that's going to play, you know, if you want to put it that way in the Warriors favor, there's going to be a burden off their shoulders that way. But I think the Raptors have an edge. Now you Kawhi has shown that he's the best player on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, And if, you know, they can get their secondary pieces going, you know, Fred Van Vliet, Siakam, Serge Ibaka, like they have the depth to, you know, grind out a game um i think the raptors have the edge in this series and going forward you know this changes offseason plans for many franchises mm-hmm. you know 
Uh, is the Nets or the Knicks going to throw out max money to KD now that he is most likely out for the entire season next year? Um, a lot of people talk about the Nets, you know, their sports medicine department and how committed they are to that. So do they try and pitch that to KD if they meet with him now in the, in the offseason? Because it has to turn to, you know, obviously it can't be a next year thing. It has to be two two years down the line. But that is one thing the Nets can, you know, give to KD saying, you know, we have one of the we're very committed to the sports medicine department mm-hmm. and we have very good doctors here. Um, you saw with Karis LeVert, he you know, that huge injury and, mm-hmm. you know, he was back and playing just as well as one. Yeah. If not better than when he went out. So, um, you know, that ha- I think the Nets can use that to their advantage. But think about it the other way. Think about it the other way, too. It all really just makes sense. KD gets hurt playing for the Warriors in the finals. If he re-signs with them, he gets another extra year and makes more money. Yeah. I don't at this point I don't understand why he would leave to go to another franchise. Or does he now, you know, pick up that player option of thirty-one million dollars and stay rehabbing with the Warriors so he doesn't have to move around and that kind of stuff with an injury? And then after that, he goes back on the market and uh, you know, the next summer, not this coming one, the next one is now the KD blockbuster summer. Yeah. Which would be which would kind of suck because we've been looking forward to this for a year now. Mm-hmm. And now we'd have to wait another year just to see. But it's still gonna be a big offseason anyway. Oh yeah. Kyrie, there's, there's AD, a... and you know, who knows what Clay Thompson you know, people don't want to talk about Clay Thompson because they think he's pretty much a lock to go back to the Warriors anyway. Who knows? And yeah. um I have to give you more props, Joe, because you said that Clay Thompson was underrated. Mike Francesa obviously agrees with you. Says that Kevin Durant, uh, not Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson is the one of the most underappreciated basketball players now. But who knows? Maybe he, maybe I don't think Clay Thompson's a lock to come back. I don't think he's a lock. I mean, if they don't get KD, I think he's coming back no matter what, because yeah. they're going to offer him the max money. I just don't think it's a lock. I think, I you know, part of me thinks that Clay Thompson wants to at least test the market. At least yeah, test it. Maybe. See what the Lakers will see. What the Lakers say. See what the Clippers. You know, I don't know. It's. I'm excited for free agency. I I think from the Knicks' perspective, I think they're kind of screwed because you sign KD to a max contract. He's out for a year. You're gonna suck again and get another lottery pick. But I don't know. I'm weary that the Knicks will give KD a max contract now and. Knowing the Knicks, he will not be the same player that he was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a good point, too. Uh, everyone's talking about um, how the only player to ever come back from an Achilles injury and be the same guy he was before the injury is Dominique Wilkins. Mm. A lot of these players who get Achilles injuries, granted, they are at the end of their careers when they normally get them, but, you know, they never come back to what they were previous injury. And you want to, and you have to say, too, that KD's on the wrong side of 30. Yeah. He's. Going on 31 very soon. So, I don't know. But the NBA Finals, I'm very excited to see how this ends. I would like to see go seven games. I would like to see Toronto win. If they don't, that just shows that the Warriors are the are one of the best teams ever assembled. Mm-hmm. Could be. Whether you think they're better than the, than the Jordan Bulls or you don't, whatever. This is one of the best teams of all time. All time. All right, Joe. Let's talk about the Stanley Cup. We oh, watched it. We watched this game. Um, 
Sunday. Yeah, game six mm-hmm. in St. Louis. Uh, Boston ends up forcing a game seven with a five to one win over the Blues. Um, really firing all, on all cylinders for Boston, uh, offensively, defensively, and and goaltending. They only let up one goal. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly with the lone goal for the Blues. Um, but you were saying that we watched this the other night. What did you think about it? Because I don't know how much you watched of of the, um, the Stanley Cup playoffs being that the NBA finals were on and all that. I think at a lot of parts in this game specifically, Boston just outplayed them. Yeah. I think the power play was huge. I mean, the first goal was Marsh end on a power play goal. Mm. So, and the thing about this game, though, was that the Blues held the Bruins that one goal through two periods. Mm-hmm. It all collapsed in the third period. You know, you get that that BS goal by by Carlo from the corner. He literally just chucked it to the net, and it ends up going in. So at that point, and then I think they and then they add another. I think they added another goal to make it three nothing. Right? At yeah, that it point. was three nothing. So I think if you're down three nothing at that point with handful of minutes to go in the third period you're just thinking let's just get out of here you know but boston does force game seven this was the worst case scenario for st louis because mm-hmm. now they're going to back lose, to td garden yeah to back lose to, boston. to lose on on your home ice that bad going into boston for game seven against again a team that's been here before mm-hmm. they had to I, I feel like they had to shut it out like in St. Louis. Yeah, they had they to. had to finish it off in St. Louis. Yeah. And you know, St. Louis did have some really good chances in this game. I remember it was early in the first period. They had that puck that was rolling around like right around the net and um I don't know how it did not go in, but Tuka Tuka Rask was like way off his line like out of the crease yeah. and you know, all they had to do was tap it in and I'm waiting for the Blues to score and the puck just like never went in. Yeah, the, I think there were multiple the same, times that happened. The same play that you might have been talking about when um it like rang off the post and then hit Tuka in the back and he kind of like came out of the net with it on yeah. his back and yeah, and St. Louis McAvoy, I think, knocked it off of his back. But yeah. it, it, you're right, and that's what I was saying. The whole game was that the Blues are getting the chances. The, the bounces are going yeah, Boston's no way. So, and you know, in very interesting stat, um, when Marshan scores for the Bruins in the playoffs, they're like 24 and one or 25 yeah. and one. I think it's 25 and one now. Okay. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. So, you know, if the Blues want to win the series, don't let Brad Marchand score. If he scores the first goal of the game, let's just say he scores the first goal of the game in game seven. They go, like, they're in two minutes. They're in the, you know, they start the two minutes in, he scores. And that five-on-three power play that he scored on was a self-inflicted yeah. wound on the Blues when they, you know, cleared the puck over the glass and got a delay game. I'm not going to say that the Blues beat themselves, but they kind of did. And- and that Marchand goal was a product of the Blues not clearing the puck because they had a chance yeah. to clear the puck and they only just yeah. squibbed it back out to the point. And, you know, they passed it across and then down to Marchand, snipe top corner, and it's yeah. one nothing. But you were saying self-inflicted with the penalties and everything, and that's what we were talking about at the beginning of this series, is Boston is one of the best teams in the league in the playoffs they before, take advantage like, before everybody else was eliminated. Yeah. They, they were the best team in playoff percentage. You can't let them go a man up. That's Bottom line, yeah, it all goes. It all, I think, it all just comes back to that Boston has been here before, and like mm-hmm. they've been in, they've been in the playoffs a million times. 
St. Louis is this up and coming team that were in last place in January. And they make this run and say if they're ready for the spotlight or not. But again, I always favor the team that's been there before than a first time team. It's like, it's kind of like Pittsburgh, San Jose a couple years ago. It's kind of exactly like that. Pittsburgh's mm-hmm. been there, done that. As many stars as San Jose had, they just couldn't get the job done against the veteran team. It's kind of the same thing here. The thing is, though, Boston has only won one cup in the past five years. Twenty eleven. I think like it's twenty eleven or ten years. That's right. Yeah. So like twenty eleven. You say they've been there. They've been that that playoff contender. They've never really reached that finals. Yeah, but I'm they've saying reached, I think they've reached. It they have their twice. core has been there. Bergeron, they know, yeah, they know how to compete. Chara, Marshawn, yeah. Tukarask. They have that core. That core has won a cup together. I mean, against the St. Louis team, like I said, who was in last place in January and came back and made a tremendous run. I'll give them their credit. Um, game seven, who wins? Who takes home the cup? Unfortunately, I feel like you have to favor Boston. Yeah. If this game was in St. Louis, maybe I'd say a different story, but... And you know... Jordan Bennington, young goaltender, rookie goaltender, hasn't even played a full season in the NHL yet. Mm-hmm. Going into Boston in a game seven, that you're asking a lot from him to, you know, play a very decent game. If St. Louis can pull it off, it'll be one of the greatest sports stories. Yeah. I I wanna say St. Louis, but we all my brain Louis. my brain just says Bruins. Yeah, it's. I think it's kind of inevitable. I won't count them out. No, I won't count them no, out because you saw what they did in Boston. You know, in Game Five. Yeah, but even uh, if there was a bad call that led to a goal, but. I think this is the Bruins Cup to lose. Which yeah, is, I think so too. Which is strange because we never thought in the middle of the season, oh, the Boston Bruins are definitely gonna go to the final. Yeah, no. we're like, oh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Yep. Yeah, I don't know, but that's for the Stanley Cup Final Game Seven, much anticipated. We'll see who takes home the Stanley Cup. And game sevens in hockey are some of the best games. Absolutely, oh, yeah. They haven't. I think this is the first game seven since. Oh, it's been a while I, since I, there's yeah, been. Yeah, I remember seven. the stat being told during the game. They said yeah. it during the game. I just don't know what. It's year the first game seven while. in quite a couple years, so it's always fun to have to have that. All right, so I guess we'll take our we'll take another break. When we come back. We'll talk about the Jets. Introducing new GM Joe Douglas this afternoon. We'll talk about that. What we took, what we took away from that. Um, we'll talk about a potential, potential quarterback competition with the New York Giants, and um, just some other housekeeping stuff. USA Women today, thirteen nothing. Wonderful, good job for them. And um, we'll talk about some other stuff. When we come back. You're listening to Tri-State Sports Band Anchor FM. We'll be right. All right, welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat. Um, let's just go through the Jets uh, and the Giants real quick. The Jets, very big day for their franchise, welcoming new GM Joe Douglas coming from the Eagles. Uh, this is the guy that the Jets were targeting the entire time. And, uh, you know, everyone's saying that this is a great hire for the Jets. This is a home run. Mm-hmm. And you could really see it in his press conference, too. Like, you know, he's not going to leave a page unturned. He's going to go through every waiver wire He's going to, you know, evaluate, evaluate this talent, you know, through and through. And I think this is really good for Christopher Johnson, especially because they have a football guy. Obviously, McKagan was a football guy, but I think this guy is, you know, the real deal. 
Yeah, I like for the most part what he said. He mm-hmm. seemed very, very... He seemed ex- confident in himself. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. But I'm not going to fall into this trap. We heard the same thing from Mikey Mack and John Itzik and... But, you know, the, the Jets hired guys that seem to have a lot more personality now. Yeah. McCagnan's not the, uh, we're going to evaluate talent. And, you know, Todd Bowles, oh, we just didn't play well today. You know, these guys are, you know, up in your face. Like, yeah. you know, he, he really even just looks the part. He just looks different. He than looks like a football guy. Yeah, yeah. The past guys that we've had. So it's, yeah. I really, I'm hoping that this is like changing mm-hmm. over to a new leaf. I think um, it's, I think it's nice but, that Joe Douglas has not had a GM position before. Yeah, so he's going to have something to prove. But he's been high up. Like, McCagnan... And he's learned under the best. Yeah, like, McCagnan wasn't a GM either before this before this job. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a scout. But Joe Douglas has been in the league for 20 years. He's been a VP. He's been a president of player personnel. Like, he knows mm-hmm. football players. The biggest thing is... He's he played football, from, too. He's right. coming from a winning culture as well. A couple winning cultures. Yeah. Chicago. So, I don't know if you want to call Chicago a winning culture the past football, couple years. Baltimore, Baltimore he spent, like, 15 the seasons, and mm-hmm. then, yeah. Um, the big, one of the big takeaways I thought of his introductory press conference was he said we're gonna utilize the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Like I've never heard a GM, I've never heard a Jets GMs actually say the word waiver wire. Well, I, I really hope he goes to the waiver wire for cornerbacks because yes, that's gonna, gonna be the biggest that. thing. They're gonna need that. Um, but Even overall, if it's not great talent. He's gonna have to find some players to bring in here. Overall, I'm very impressed with Joe Douglas. I think the marriage between him and Adam Gase. Yeah, that's one thing he did talk about too. Was you know that uh, relationship uh, is you know was very good in Chicago, and he's looking forward to uh, to revitalizing that here in New York. As Carlos Gomez now just hit a home run. You know, I liked the yee 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 before. Now I hate it. Now no, it's not fun. Nine three Mets in the top of the fifth. Um, but overall, I'm I'm optimistic about the Joe Douglas Adam Gase thing. I'm not going to get sucked in yet because they haven't done anything yet. I want to see what Joe Douglas does when training camp comes around, when the waiver wire is actually available. Um, and I'm also interested in what to because contract years are coming up for Leonard Williams. I want to see what happens with him if you want to extend him early or wait for that. I don't you know we'll we'll wait to see what happens there. Same thing for Robbie Anderson. Whether he's going to get an ext- a nice extension, or again wait to wait for that. So overall, little little spice going on in the air in Florham Park. We're a little excited as football season is coming closer. Yeah. So about a month away, we'll hopefully yeah. be around training camp. Love so it. love it. Um, what do we think about these Pat Shermer? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Things. They're not playing Daniel Jones this year. No, like can't. you're not tricking anyone. They can't, right? They no, can't. you're they're just setting them up for failure if they're you play them this early. He said that Eli is ready to have a great year and Daniel is getting ready to play. We'll see what happens. I think those are just words. I don't think it's a legit quarterback competition. Um, Eli is going to be the starter. I, I just I picked this out because there's nothing there's nothing around the Giants right now, which could be a good thing for them or not. I'm kind of hoping there is a uh, QB competition. There's not. They'll make it seem that way just to have a training camp storyline and be somewhat relevant. But Eli Manning's gonna be the starter. Yeah, I'm hundred percent. Yeah, I don't. You you really think that Daniel Jones, Daniel freaking Jones, is gonna start Week One for them? There's no against chance. The Cowboys, Demarcus Lawrence, really? There's the no storyline t- it would make though for their season. 
Yeah. And Owen, if, and 0-16, yeah, here we it, come. I'm saying, what if it ends up being, like, a good pick? What, just, I'm just, th- I'm just they being should, devil's advocate. They, they should wait until year two, at least. Some people are saying he's going to sit two years and then play, so. Yeah. What a waste of a first round. I don't understand what you do, Giants. I don't understand what you do. Um, all right, just some little housekeeping things. This is going to be a little short today. U.S. women defeat uh, Thailand, not Trinidad, like I said before. Thir- well, what? 13 nothing in their opening Group F match. Alex Morgan had five goals. She's freaking awesome. Uh, little sad news, just in case we didn't know anyway. David Ortiz was shot in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Even though, you know, we're all Yankees fans here, you know. We wish the best. David Ortiz, like, yes, he's a Red Sox guy. and But, like, I don't know. Like, his personality is kind of. How do you kinda, not like like somewhat like as a person yeah. Yeah, as a baseball if that's baseball like player i hate i hate yeah, him yeah, right. but like Absolutely. you know he's um, a good guy you see what he did for the city of boston when he was there like very charitable that kind of stuff so you know mm-hmm. uh hopefully he makes a full recovery yeah and we can continue to uh meme him on twitter with the da, da, no but it's da red Sox lose yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um Last week, Carson Wentz was given a four-year extension worth $128 million. $107 million of that was guaranteed. <laughs> Highest ever in the NFL. What does this mean for guys like Dak, Goff, Watson, Trubisky, and Pat Mahomes? Well, well Dak is coming up on a, a contract right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Jerry, he's going to probably get $30-plus million. I don't think he, deler- I don't he know deserves that. Dak Prescott I don't know because, because he's a quarterback, and he definitely doesn't deserve that, but, you know, Mahomes, he's going to be after the new CBA, so you don't know what contracts are going to look like after the new Through CBA. The yeah, so especially because you win the MVP your first year, full year playing. Yeah, he's Mahomes. I have no doubt Mahomes and Goff are going to get paid. Yeah, Trubisky, I got to see a little more of. I think Trubisky could. You know, he's probably going to get that around the the Trubisky, thirty million. Give me another year. Give me another playoff season, and then we'll talk. Mm-hmm. Deshaun, Watt- Deshaun Watson, same thing. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy for a full year. Yes, that's the big part. Dak Prescott's just a wild card. Um, extension that happened yesterday in the NFL. Cam Jordan was extended by the Saints. Vikings extend Kyle Rudolph. Jadavion Clowney missing Texans mandatory minicamp. Is he is he on the franchise tag this year? He did he not sign the franchise tag. But he, he, to play, he's yes. going to play under the franchise tag. Right. But he wants a long-term deal. Yeah. So uh, that's that in the old happy pass rusher community. And Scott said the CBA... The NFL wants to complete the CBA agreement before September to avoid a potential 2020-2021 lockout. Yeah, let's this hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, because, you know, when this news first came out, they were talking about a year-long, you know, break. Can like, I have that? Prepare for a year-long work stoppage. Stop that. That'd be terrible. No football for Bring a year. Bring back the AAF. Uh, at, that, at that point, yeah. Actually, the XFL will exist, so, I mean, hello, there football. That's in the spring, though. Yeah, that's true. Damn it. Oh, well, um, I guess we'll talk about, I guess we'll talk a little bit about AD. Um, he would sign a, he would choose to either sign a long-term contract with either Lakers or the Knicks. If he were traded to no other team, he's really focused on. Yeah. Uh, if you're the Knicks, there's no way you could give him, uh, you could you have trade. nothing to give him. Well, except You, for the you have a lot to trade for him, but, or except not a lot, pick, but like picks. you want to trade your entire team. Yeah. The picks Knox, Mitchell Robinson, um, you know, throw yeah. in whatever else. <laughs> Maybe you get rid of Frank Nilakina on that deal. That'd be nice. Uh, it just doesn't make sense for the Knicks, especially since, you know, KD is uh, two years away now. Yeah. So, 
I think it's more likely he ends up with the Lakers. I think LeBron wants to pull those strings to have him with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I think they're willing to trade Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. They're willing Ingram, to Ingram, maybe Josh Hart. They're willing to part ways with them. It's not really a huge deal. Yeah, because all his teammates hate all his teammates hate him anyway because they he wanted to trade them for yeah. Anthony Davis exactly. All right, so that's a little bit for us. We will end today like we always do with on this day in sports history. Joe, what do we got today? In 1950, Ben Hogan defeated Lloyd Mangrum and George Fazio in the 18-hole playoff to win his second U.S. Open. Nice. The previous year, Hogan survived a near-fatal car crash, and doctors feared he'd never walk again, let alone play golf. Wow. Good old Ben Hogan. Happy birthdays to <laughs> Jose Reyes. Oh, Joe wow. Montana. Oh, wow. Vince Lombardi. Wow. Oh, wait, it's uh, Thomas Hennessy's birthday today, too. Oh, yeah. Jets long snapper, just in case you didn't know who that was. I almost didn't know who that Not was. Not in either. the book. <laughs> Does <it> count? <laughs> uh, a little bit of trivia for you. For you. Oh, I forgot oh, to read boy. the question before. Good. Nikes. All right. What team won the Stanley Cup after a postseason run in which they suffered only two losses in 14 games? Before the finals on June 11, 2012. What? 2012? That's a tough year. I don't remember that year, except for the whole Rangers Devils thing. I really so, who won the Stanley Cup? New Jersey Devils. Uh, the, king, the, king, the Kings. The Kings. The Devils did lose to the Kings. All right. Well, tough trivia question. Well, Watch. Thank you so oh. much for letting me. Watch. That pr- that probably wasn't even the day, and he just picked that. He turned oh, the. Wait. No, I'm kidding. It was. That's tough. Well, on Jack that. Hughes. <laughs> Jack Hughes train. On that sad, sad note, Scott take us all right, thank you, ev- thank you, everyone, for listening. The clapping distracted me. <laughs> thank you all for listening. Um, follow us on all our social medias, the Instagram, Twitter. Um, we will be doing things from training camp, maybe we're attending a Yankee game or two in the upcoming... I'm looking at uh, a Tuesday game against the Rays. Yeah, at. get a nice Yankee cap. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I got. That's all you got? Uh, send us your voice messages. Tough anchor stopped our ad, so yes. we're gonna have to do it this way. Um, you will not be hearing Ranger Joe anymore with the uh, howdy ho, Ranger, howdy Joe, ho here. Ranger Joe here with the uh, <laughs> with the anchor voice message uh, ad, but still send us a voice message, please. Yeah, please do, please do something. We need help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Joe, you got anything else to say besides that awful trivia question? That amazing trivia question, and no, I don't. Uh, so, all right, but thank you. Well, that'll be it for us. A little cut, little short today. We got a little priorities to get to today. So we will talk to you guys on Friday. With that being said, goodbye. If you want to interact with us, follow us on Twitter at TriState underscore Beat. Also, if you want to make an appearance on the show, send us a message on the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York.
spreading the news.